9to5.cc. We're not working. Why should you? Thanks for listening. Hey Montreal, the Montreal Fringe has officially started, and that means that we are presenting you with a special edition of Go Plug Yourself. We're presenting you with Go Fringe Yourself. Uh, Sarah and I sat down and talked with a bunch of artists from a couple different shows that are coming to Montreal Fringe. Uh, we talked to Posted Paul from Nine Lives, Eight Near Misses, Life Lessons from Near Death. We talked to Gabrielle Tiernan, Brooklyn, and Kat about Hey Bitch, Love You. And we talked to uh, Valérie Boisvert about Who, Me. And all three of those interviews are in the episode that you're about to listen to. But seriously, uh, go to montrealfringe.ca to check out tickets for any of these three shows. Uh, just There's 22, 23, I don't know, venues, like 100 million shows. Uh, Fringe Park is open. There's going to be concerts. It's the, it's Fringe in Montreal, everybody, and it starts now. Like it's happening right now. As of June 2nd, shows are on, and even more are coming on June 9th. It's it's the thing to do in early June. It's Fringe, baby. Go plug yourself. You plug another plugger. Go plug yourself. You plug another plugger. That's amazing. No, we do not. What is the po- we? Yeah, the picture. The is picture just, is so this just is you. Nine lives, eight near misses, and it's Paul doing life lessons from near death events. That's great. You're standing on a little car. Got heartbroken. Broken. I'm enjoying. It. I'm All enjoying these limbs this are broken. I don't know. I'm enjoying this poster. Uh, Sarah. Yes. We're chilling at the Mainline Theater, which is something we haven't done in a while. No, it's I been think like we a year. More. Two years? I think because we did both of the kind of pandemic fringe, we did virtual interviews. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Forgot so about I think this that. is the first time since we've... We've done these a while, Paul. Yeah. We, and we've you off, most often we record them from the lobby at Mainline, and the first mm-hmm. time was probably almost 10 years ago. Yeah, a I long think, time ago. I don't where know. Where there was no AC whatsoever. I'm just going to pretend the, that mainline. you said three years ago. It was three years ago. It was, before, it was sometime before pandemic. Uh, <laughs> everything because of pandemic you also have to add like two to three years yeah. to whatever thing you think you're remembering yeah, yeah. yeah a couple years ago I went to see a show now it's five it's five yeah, years yeah, yeah. 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 Well, what I was saying is I just remember it was before they had any sort of air conditioning here and so oh yeah it, I've it was I have long memories of this place I remember the old bathrooms mm-hmm. oh yeah and yeah it was just yeah. wildly <laughs> hot like it was it, I was like I think we had a fan right next to us and we we're like but we had to shut it off when we were recording <laughs> yeah it was just like Burr, but then we're like, like as soon as we were like and like we're done this episode we're like Clack, turn the fan on and try to get some some semblance of it so uh you just i mean alluded to the fact that you've been in guests and if you've been familiar with mainline for mm-hmm. 10 15 plus 20 years who knows how long yeah uh you've been in and around the montreal art scene for a while is Quite a correct? while, L- longer than you might think, longer than I almost want to admit. <laughs> um, but uh, what was your first fringe, or as a as a as a as a as a as a fan and as a performer? As a fan, my first fringe was probably 1994. Okay. Oh. As a toddler, no. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and then and then um, I was I was studying at Concordia in science and not liking it, and finding a way to take every creative writing class I could. And I lucked out with this amazing uh, playwriting class by uh, a woman named Carol Bolt, who's since passed away. She was, I don't know if y'all remember a, car, a show called Fraggle Rock. Yeah, yeah. it's his favorite. Yeah, it's one of my Carol favorite Bolt shows. was one of the main writers on oh, Fraggle crazy. Rock. Oh, crazy. Yeah. And so she was amazing. And I just 
started this play and then I, I had been to the fringe the year before and I was like, wait, so you're telling me that I can scrape together like 400 bucks and you'll just give me a theater? Yeah. yeah. Six and then I get to keep guy? all the money <laughs> if there is any. If there uh, is. A, that's a big if. Yeah, yeah. sign but me up. Yes. Um, so <laughs> I, I did it in 95 and it went fairly well. I did it again in 96 and it went fairly well. Uh, then I, I actually uh, founded an independent theater company with my uh, partner at the time. Did a few productions. And then other things happened, you know. Um, Got to make a living, do other things. I was a, yeah. I was a full-time kung fu teacher for 15 years. That's how I earned my living. Cool, because um, I was going to ask you about that because you say you're a kung fu cat with nine lives. Posted Paul's recent. I was kung fu Paul for a long time. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> and uh, Posted Paul started happening during the pandemic where just to keep myself sane at the first lockdown, I just started doing these daily posts on Facebook. And okay. I just okay. called them Posted Paul. And, and I was really about posting every day, and it mm-hmm. took me like no joke at least a year of doing that every single day before someone's like, so how come there's never any post-its, post-it notes in your posts? I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, that's right. <laughs> um, so, <Huh>. yeah. <laughs> Sometimes when it's right in front of you. It was, it was. <laughs> and then I, I came back to the Fringe in 2009 um, and I did two shows, um, which is hard to do. You have to have two production companies yeah, mm-hmm. and you have to, have to land the lo- lottery. The thinking was that doing two shows simultaneously with the kind of you know, economies of scale, you can use some of the same crew, some of the same performers, that it would be like slightly less work than, you know, two individual shows. And I was completely wrong about that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, I don't even know how you would, like, what if you hit the lottery incorrectly on the dates? Like, what would you do? That's a great question. uh, Pro tip, you make sure that your technical requirements are exactly the same, so they have to put you both shows in the same venue, and then you won't be in a conflict. Worst case scenario, you've got, like, back-to-back shows. Yeah. Did you Um, end up with any back-to-backs? Was that, did that happen? There were, but there was, like, I think one, there was definitely shows in the same venue on the same day, uh, but back-to-back, I don't know. But one of them was a one-person show. Okay. Like, with two ninjas, and the other one was a cast of, like, 18 Okay. So I actually mostly ignored the one-person show <laughs> um, and focused on the giant one, which yeah. went really well. Cool. Yeah, that's uh, a, a lot of work, but you know, you did it. <laughs> you so got through it. You're here. So I'm trying to. I'm, I'm, tra- I'm tracking your your career. Uh-huh. So you're studying the sciences. You like the arts, and then you become a kung fu teacher, and then you still are like dabbling in the arts here and there. Uh, am, I, am I followed it, correct? You are, yeah. I, um, <laughs> I, I graduated with a degree in biology, and then I, I was like, I don't want to do this. It's either going to be writing or kung fu, and I landed a contract teaching kung fu at the UCAM at, at the French University. Oh, nice. And did that for like about 16 years. I'm assuming um, you were like, you've studied prior, right? Like you weren't like, this isn't a late, in, you can't just go from zero to teaching. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> no, no. I had uh, been training hard for about seven years. Okay. And then I was kind of a junior instructor and then and then uh, started teaching at UCAM. That was my first professional contract. And I, I loved teaching. Both my parents were teachers, so I think mm-hmm. it was in my blood. Um, and uh, uh, it was very, very gratifying. That's also one of the reasons why when this show came up, which is the first time I write and perform my own stuff, which is also autobiographically inspired, mm-hmm. Um, people are like, so have you done shows before? I'm like, yeah, I just I put other actors on stage and make them work, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ha, 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 so easy. Come on, again, but funnier, right? Yeah. Um, but this time it's, oh, it's me. I have to remember all these words and I got to deliver all this stuff and yeah. it's got to be good. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. But I spent probably the 10,000 hours it takes to get 
good at something, mm-hmm. um, teaching. And that's not the same as performing, but it is the same as being a person in front of a group of people and trying to find a way to win them over, get them to do something. Right. And yeah, like connect with them. Connect, yeah. right? So in terms of stage fright, I don't really have that. That's um, good. But it's still a huge job. I'm very excited. I'm at the off fringe, so I'm opening in like what's today? Tuesday? Yeah, it's your I'm opening in 48 hours. Yeah, I was gonna say. I was <laughs> oh like yeah, you you're start, opening. You start a week early. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I have a. St- I have a June second, uh, right? June second on Friday. Yeah, Ooh. and I have yeah, a. I have a sneak the preview the on the Thursday. The ten shows instead of the six, right? Yeah, like that's the. Yeah. Uh, so, how come people or life tries to kill you so many times? I guess is my next question. And if then I have one. If it's tried to kill you that. eight times. Like, um, if people are counting the near-death events in the show, I'm probably not doing a good enough with the job with the show. <laughs> um, but uh, you know what's funny is that, you know, when you're a kid, whatever's happening in your life, yeah. that's just normal, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. However your father is, that's how dads are. However yeah. your mother is, that's how moms are. Yeah. And it's only when you go to your friend's house, you're like, oh, oh, it's different here. It's better here or worse. Like, mm-hmm. So I think a lot of the things that happen to you as a child, you just accept. So yeah. um, one of the stories is uh, about a car crash full of kids. Okay. Um, I was one of the kids. So spoiler alert, I made it, clearly. Yeah, I was going to um, say, well, we know. Okay, wait, this, uh, is, this is, like, this happened to you? Or is this a When I was 10 years old. Holy shit. Everything in, this, everything in, everything in the play is, is based on true events. It's, Ooh. you know, it's my version of experiences, yeah. Yeah, but of it's based on true events. I didn't invent anything. So when I say a car crash full of kids, yeah, I was spending the summer with family friends in Switzerland at their country place, and we went uh, to a lake to go swimming. Yeah. And uh, the car on the poster, this is a Citroën de chevaux, which was, it's like this super low budget yeah, French yeah. car, it's right? It's kind like of the, the, the French Beetle, right? It like is. It was like but when the Germans built something... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> right? Uh, so that was the car we were in. And it was like two adults, five kids in a back seat. In a car that they don't have seat belts. No. Yeah. They barely had door It's like handles. a bench on the back. And it's that's totally it. a bench on the back. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I remember we were in this car accident. It was a head-on collision. Oh, shit. And luckily, like, the car was crumpled. And that's probably what saved us, right? Because it absorbed most of the impact. Yeah. yeah. And, like, uh, the dad in the front had a cut on his head from smashing against the windshield. But the kids, luckily, was, were basically all fine. So um, we should all have that car. <laughs> yeah, you want a car that's a bit sardine canny, yeah. you know, like, but these days are cars are made with, with crumple zones. But yeah. I remember, um, you know, y- you have to write letters back to your parents when you're on vacation or at camp or whatever. Dear mom and dad, I was in a head-on collision. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> My dad. Like, how do you even tell your parents that? I'll tell you how I told them. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll give you the 15 second version of how the letter was. It was like, dear mom and dad, everything's great here. You know, the parents are super nice. Me and Julianne go to these cool fields every day and find these like relics. <laughs> we went swimming a lot. We were in a car accident. It was totaled. Everybody's fine. Next week, we're going to go into the town to get some tin soldiers to play with. But like, uh, my father like dined on this story for years about how his like cold-blooded son just <laughs> had a bullet point of normal summertime <laughs> vacation events and put car the crash. horrible car crash in the middle like it was nothing. <laughs> so even from a very young age, I had this weird ability to just be super calm in like dangerous or high stress situations. And yeah. when you're born with that or when it just happens to you young, you don't even realize it's normal. I remember we came back from that car crash and it was lunchtime. So we walk into the house and there's this big bowl of like freshly cut ripe watermelon slices. And I love watermelon. I'm like, oh, right on. Go right there. Grab a slice. Mom, 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 second slice. Mom. I'm gorging on my third slice when I'm like. <laughs> and everyone's like in the corner crying. I'm the only person sitting at the table. <laughs> What's up? And everybody's like, oh, I couldn't possibly eat a thing. I'm in shock. I'm like, that makes 
no sense to me at all. <laughs> it's watermelon, people. It's like right? the best thing you can ever eat. <laughs> it's a hot day. Um, and it was, it was like as an adult when I would tell this story, and it was a friend of mine was like, dude, you, you understand that that's not normal, right? You understand that's actually a super traumatic story, and you should be looking into why you think it's fine that you can just. Because <laughs> well, nothing, nobody got hurt. You just put it in the vault. <laughs> I was gonna yeah. say, I was like, both Sarah and I are probably in similar <laughs> similar situations of like, like almost any time there's like, like I'm not saying I'm necessarily cool under pressure, but I really don't dwell on it after. Yeah, you're not good in the situation. You're good after the situation. Yeah, but then like after the situation, I'm like, okay. Yeah, so like there's no post traumatic stress, yeah, right? Because exactly. some people, whatever happens, it might have been bad. But some people can kind of let it go, and others, they're just like, it's on a loop for months or yeah, years, yeah. right? And that can ruin your life more than whatever the thing Happened. was. Yeah, that's exactly. Like, you know, yeah. The, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, exactly. The, po- um, the post-trauma of, like, reliving it. I've, like, I've never had that. Like, exactly. And, uh, not, and, and I'm saying, like, not to sound callous, but it's just like... No, but some people that just, that's just... That's how you are. Like, once, you know? once yeah. I've dealt with it, it's done. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're like, like, so we're not going to deal with that ever again now. All right. Yeah. Handshake. Yeah. It's done. It's Boom. <laughs> Put it away. And I think that <laughs> if you're lucky, that's actually psychologically healthy and you go along without any, yeah. like, you know, consequences or scar tissue. Um, but if you're not, it bends you. It bends your character in a certain mm. way. It bends the arc of your choices in a certain way. Mm. And uh, maybe you don't notice what the downside of that was until yeah. many, many years later. Yeah. So, I mean, my last, my last show as a creative person and was 14 years ago. I thought I was kind of done with the fringe. Um, I love it. I'm here every year as a volunteer, as a patron, as a, as a fan, but I was like, mm, you know, and then things happened in the last year of my life where this thing that I'd always been proud of, this ability to be super cool and calm in like high stress or perilous situations, mm-hmm. uh, which I had always thought of as kind of a, you know, kind of a superpower. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, Oh wait, I've done some things. I've I've made some horrible choices recently. Mm. And and I did it based on the same program that I've been running since I was a kid. Yeah. And it turns out, damn it, <laughs> that this gift is actually a curse. <laughs> <laughs> and I am my own worst enemy. <laughs> yeah. What does this say about every life choice and my entire personality? Oh shit. I don't <laughs> want to have to examine all this stuff, but now I have no choice. And part of it was was Writing the show. Writing the show was enormously helpful. That's awesome. Um, just like kind of lining it all up and, and, and putting the events in order. Yeah. Espe- espe- especially if you're saying like you were like, I can only imagine if you, you were fine, you're eating the watermelon, you're moving on. You probably haven't ever really like lined up all the, let's, um, for lack of a better word, trauma. Like, sure. You know, like, yeah, well, like, it's like, a, a, I don't a stressful moment. Put op- too much of it, but I'm like, yeah. but you probably have never like lined it up chronologically and been like, hey, what does this, what does this mean, and how did it shape me? Because you've been like letting go of it so quickly, right? So yeah, except that I wasn't letting go. I was just like, oh, you put it in armor, the vault, armoring up. Yeah, it was in the vault. In the vault. <laughs> in the vault. Yes. But you know, is like that vault s- broken now. One <laughs> of the things that came up for me, and I think maybe a lot of people can relate to this when you think about how you deal with problems in your life, is. Okay, so, but like, when does a fortress become a prison? Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, of course. Yeah. When I mean, I think we we all <laughs> we all got to experience that in the pandemic. I was going to say yeah. the pandemic. No, That's like when like it where, <laughs> where all of a sudden your home became. You're like, I'm I'm trapped here. Like, like I know it's to keep me safe, but you are experiencing. Like, I think everybody, like, as a universal experience, experience. You're like, oh, I'm trapped in my home to keep myself safe, but you're suddenly, I'm not seeing people, and and I think you start to. At least me personally, you start to really f- feel the weight of stuff you took for granted. Yeah. Like, yes. Like, oh yeah. Like I mean, like I came in and like saw Amy, and I was like, oh yeah, I'm gonna give Amy a hug, 
for the first time in uh, three years, right. four years, you know, and I'm like, oh yeah, like that's that's crazy, and like I wouldn't think like I miss hugs. That would right, be, and that like, would not be a thought I ever had. No, and maybe <laughs> you know? before the pandemic, you're like, oh man, I'm all got all this stuff to do. I got to leave that. All I want to do is be at home. Leave me alone, people. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, wow, six weeks of this, and uh, I'm kind of done. Um, you're like, Haha, a year and a half. <laughs> so we had that like short ice storm about like. Two oh months yeah, ago, right? when yeah. everything and went off. I was lucky. My building didn't lose power at all. Same. So for about two days, I had like five adults, two kids, and a dog in my house. Yep. Everybody was just squatting the internet and the heat. Um, you know, my buddy had spare ribs melting in his freezer. He came over and made barbecue ribs for everybody. That's and I was like... That's pretty great. It was great. And I realized this is the thing we couldn't do during the pandemic. Yeah. Yes. We couldn't gather and well be with each it. other it and help each other. And that's the big difference, I yeah, think, from I'm where we're like... When there's like something big that happens, you usually come together and this is like completely separating yeah, and you like can't every, help every, anyone. Everybody's, everybody's in trouble. And nobody can help each other. And yeah. you're like, oh, I think, yeah. cool. That's yeah, I've studied a lot of like the biology and anthropology of what makes humans humans. And yeah. we're the most social species ever, mm -hmm. right? There's a reason that with Netflix and, and all this awesome stuff that people still gather in overheated tiny rooms at the fringe mm -hmm. to have some sort of communal experience at the same time with some people who like made some art for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And maybe they'll like it, maybe they won't. But there's, on there's only one way to get it, and it's to get off your couch, get your ass down to some venue, and figure it out. Yeah. Right? I try to make a point of bringing one person who's never been to the Fringe to a Fringe show every year. And That's generally speaking, cool. people are always entranced. Yeah. For yeah. Like like it's one like I think huh. one of the, like, just even as a, as a general theater goer, you're like, the Fringe is still something unique because you're going to be seeing something that is not necessarily, not to say acceptable for regular theater, but you're just sort of like, like, a lot of our theaters are bigger. It's a little they're riskier. Well, they're they're intended to, you know, like the Centaur is, I don't know what the seating capacity is or whatever, but like it, it's it's substantial. Yeah. So you're like, if I'm putting on a show at the Centaur, I need to and be spending putting on much. something that needs to be uh, appealing to a volume of people that are going to pack the Centaur. Fringe, I'm like, if I can put 15 people in, I'm, I'm doing okay. Yeah. You know, so I can get way more niche in my production and then connect with a really small audience and I don't necessarily need to worry about like mass appeal or whatever. I just need a small audience and I can do okay. So you're always going to yeah. be seeing, not always, but like you're going to be more inclined to see crazier things that are more likely to connect on a really up close and personal level because you're just the Absolutely. Nature, the it's one of the friend. things that I love about The Fringe and also because it is low budget and DIY, mm -hmm. there's not a barrier of, of economics. And yeah. um, so my friend and, and mentor, TJ Daw, who's like a, long-time fringe fixture and like a war-winning writer performer he said this about 10 years ago he goes because about th at that point he'd been doing other festivals as well that were not fringe festivals mm -hmm. yeah and he's like the only place where i see 50 percent women is at the fringe really hmm. yeah he's like why is that he's like because this is an unjuried festival it's literally a lottery mm -hmm. everywhere else no matter how progressive or well-meaning there are there's these unconscious biases oh yeah, yeah like just just by nature of a lottery you're gonna end up on 50 50 as yeah. long as as exactly. long as there is roughly 50 percent <laughs> entries, yeah, exactly. entries yeah. You know? yeah which there usually are yeah. and you'll also see a lot more people who are coming from like marginalized communities yeah um and and because there's no um no curation of content, then you get all these weird things, mm -hmm. right? And you get things you've never seen before. And that's what's amazing about it. Um, and it's, it's, uh, it's weird that it takes something as simple as, you know what, we're going at random to achieve parody. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, for creative opportunity. Yeah. Um, one of the things I wanted to do with this show is, um, is, is it's not like 
people make tons of money doing the fringe. Yeah. Um, not, I was talking not, to my friend who worked for, for the fringe <laughs> for a long time and I'm like, Hey, listen, I'm doing the fringe again this year. Give me your top tip for not losing money at the fringe. She's like, uh, my top tip for not losing money at the fringe is <laughs> don't do the fringe. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty, I mean, exactly. That's it. Like, you know, I mean, like you, you, are, you always hear about like a couple shows are usually big breakout successes, but I feel that like almost everyone I know fringe, in general, they're like breaking even. Is You're the playing success. for single digits, yeah, yeah. mostly. That's it. And like, and breaking um, even is like that was fun, had hey, a good time. Anglo <laughs> indie theater breaking even is a win. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. I, I've I mean, and I mean, and that, that's not a knock on the fringe. I know no. a lot of people who have you know rented theater spaces and pr- done their own production and lost money. You know, mm-hmm. like it, it doesn't. It's 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 a tough it's a tough gig. It's tough to get people out. It like, is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. But I still wanted to find a way to give something back and. Um, so 10% of my box office is going to a, a good cause that I like a lot. Uh, it's the Native Women's Shelter of Montreal. Oh, cool. Um, so I've just known about their work for a few years. I just donate personally kind of every Christmas. Um, and there's been so much talk recently about, you know, Every, every Child Matters and, mm-hmm. and restorative justice and land back. And anytime you go to some sort of public institutional art event, mm-hmm. there's going to be like a land acknowledgement. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I think that's great. Mm-hmm. They didn't have those 10 years ago. Of course, no, yeah. no one cared. But I'm at the point now where I hear them so much. I'm like, okay, I'm waiting for the part of the land acknowledgement where you say, what the hell you as an organization are doing. Yeah, and it's like, and as a result of this, X percent of our money is going yeah, into whatever. Or we've whatever. partnered with like, this, you know, yeah. up and coming indigenous arts group or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't have to spend a ton of money, but come on, man. Yeah. Right? Something. Yeah, just yeah. Something. something. Something even just to show other organizations what's possible. Yeah. You know, yeah. like I participated. Like we're at step one. Yeah, <laughs> but I feel like we've been at step, step one. one. We've been there for a while now, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, you know, like so I don't have a ton of money, but I mean, and I might, not, I might not break even on this show, but before I've broken even, like 10% of all my box office oh, that's great. goes to the Native Women's Shelter of Montreal. It's a great organization. I encourage people to donate even if they don't come see my show. Yeah. Um, and then I do this other crazy thing, and I'm looking at your face now okay. because I've, I've said this to everyone for, okay, the, I'm for the 20 years that I've been doing theater, um, and I've always kind of self-produced, put my money where my mouth is. Um, this show has a money-back guarantee. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so you're, you're like, did you not like it? If you didn't like it. Too bad. No, money-back guarantee is not too bad. I'd be like, too bad. Too bad? No, who's man. If who's your, so here's so your wh- money what's back. What's the money-back guarantee? Right. Like, what is, how so do, I how do you claim it? How do you claim it? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, what happens is, I understand, right? You take a chance, you get dressed up, you go out to some place, you see a show, you don't know what it's going to be like. And the nature of the fringe is there's not a lot of information. Yeah. No. It's not like a movie where you can watch a you, you've trailer. Got a, you've got a blurb in the, in the yeah. newspaper. A Sometimes you just c- like literally look at the schedule and point. <laughs> I've got time for this right now. <laughs> yeah. It's 12 oh yeah, bucks. Yeah, yeah, let's yeah. go. Exactly. Um, and I, I really want to respect the fact that anybody who shows up to my show has already jumped through a bunch of hoops they didn't have to. Yeah. And of course, I'm going to do my very best to entertain them, but not everything appeals to everybody. And I can't give you your time back. You know, that's, that's not physically possible. Mm-hmm. But if you're so upset by your choice and you're so um, disappointed by what you experienced, then literally come find me right after the show. It's freestanding room. It's the size of this lobby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And I'll give you your money back in cash right there. And all I ask is that you tell me one thing you didn't like or one thing that I could fix. Because my production accountant insists on that. So yeah. that I can call it market <laughs> research. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Like, if, if you want constructive feedback. There you go. And often, the people that were most annoyed by your show, you never hear from. No. So as an artist, it's nice to hear praise. And it's nice to have your friends or your peers tell you things mm. you could do better. But sometimes you can go for a long time in a certain direction without anyone telling you, dude, 
here's the giant blind spot. Yeah. Right? So just as a person who's trying to do better and trying to evolve, um, I'm serious about it. No one takes me seriously. I've never had to refund I mean a ticket. I want to. I want to do it just to go through the process. No offense. Like maybe I'll buy two tickets and just ask for the refund on one of them. You can. You got to. <laughs> just so I was like, I don't want to like take the money away, but I maybe want to trigger the process. So <laughs> sure, the process is simple. I'm going to hand exactly. you a post-it and a pencil. You're going to write your name exactly. and one we'll thing to fix, and in. there'll be cash in your hand, man. There you go. No, yes. And that's good for everyone. And then we'll hand it back. So buy the <laughs> listen up. Buy the tickets on credit, and then Paul will give you cash. So now you're. Now you're just financing. (laughs) 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 Wow. Paul, so yeah, we close these off with your 30-second beer tent pitch. So 30 seconds, roughly, Sarah and I are having a beer. Get us us into your show. Look, it's nine lives, eight near misses. All true stories. My life lessons from near-death events. There was a car crash full of kids. There's a knife-wielding madman. There's tales of true love. There's a bunch of weird things about Switzerland and India that you didn't know about. (laughs) And it's about how some of the things that you believed in as a child that you thought made you special actually um, might be causing you a lot of damage and and harm. And how is it that you figure out how to do better in the future? Uh, I'm down. Venue? And uh, you, we just said opening night is in like... Uh, it's, it's on Friday, so June 2nd. Yeah, so this I think is com- this episode's Third, coming fourth. out on June 1st. So it's tomorrow. Yes, I believe it's... Head first. Out. Yeah, exactly. Your, your opening night is tomorrow night in podcast time. In podcast time, my opening night is tomorrow night. That's right. Uh, Friday, June 2nd. I'm at Freestanding Room, which is just one block up from Fringe Park. Um, and as an off venue, I've got a great schedule. I'm just running Friday, Saturday, Sunday, mm-hmm. Sunday for three straight weekends. I was going to say, how did you get that? And I was like, oh, yeah, off fringe. fringe. I did the off fringe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I had to pay a bunch of cash and do a bunch of heavy lifting that you don't (laughs) normally have to do. But the freestanding room is an amazing venue. They're super supportive for artists and very reasonable. Nice. Um, So I'm looking forward to it. It's a small space. It's like 40 seats. Mm -hmm. And uh, there are no bad seats. And air conditioned. And I will probably bring my air purifier because some people still have immunocompromised issues or relatives. And you want to wear a mask. That's totally fine. Um, but uh, we want to have the best possible theatrical experience for people on those rickety folding chairs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> bring a cushion. Well, you can bring a cushion actually if you want. I'm you know excited what? I've, to I've seen see. a, bunch, a bunch of people, like, like, like veteran fringers, who have one of those little cushions, and I'm like, smart. Yeah, like every the time cha- they bring them, I'm like, yeah, oh, I'm just sort I of like, like you don't know what kind of chairs most venues are going to have. It's like the neck fringe. pillows when you fly. You're yeah. Like, oh, man. Yeah. should have brought one. Yeah. We have, um, like, this uh, watermelon cushion that, I always want to bring here. Just bring it. I always forget. Do it. Totally but yeah. Should. And um, I'm excited to hear how there are surprises, but I can't say what they are, well, or they wouldn't don't be surprised. Spoil them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Paul, it, thank it's you so kind of weird to say that I'm I'm surprised that I want I want to hear about how you almost died. Yeah, it's a weird it's thing. Like I want to come to the show and find out how you almost died a bunch. Well, That's here's the thing, <laughs> right? Like. But you're alive. I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we know there's the minimum version of a happy ending built in. Yeah. There you you're go. Still here, you're still here. You're still here. You're it's performing. It's a true life story, and the guys in front of you. So far, so good. Yeah. Right. Well, thank you so much for coming out. That was My pleasure. great. I have a lot of fun. Awesome. Thank you. Sarah. Yeah. Uh, it's fringe season. What? what? How did it become How did June? it become June? Why? It's my fringe happens after my birthday. Oh, okay. Yes. That's what happens. I forgot we kick off your birthday. The sum, my birthday, I'm born May 26th. 
Gemini, exactly. Gemini represent, and I, I, since I was a kid, you're like, my birthday kicks off the summer. Like, and basically. the summer is fringe. And, and then fringe is the next thing. Um, so we have apparently like a chunk of, I heard, overheard, Sarah did the introductions. Yeah. We have, I think, a director. We have performers. Do we have? Yeah. And stage, stage manager, manager from, if someone wants to pick up the mic and say the name of the show, so. Hey, bitch. Love you. Perfect. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> now that I heard how it is, I'm in. <laughs> so, uh, Sarah? Yes. What's up? What, what, do, up? what do you want to know? Who do we have with us? Well, I'm going to try... Okay. You're gonna by try memory. They, by memory. And then you and then you <laughs> and then you can say if I was right or wrong. Okay. Gabrielle. Yeah. Yo, you're gonna talk in the mic. They can't Ooh. hear you. Yeah. Got, Got it right. Mm-hmm. Trian. Tiernan. 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 Yeah, it's all good. <laughs> I can't read, by the way. So I need you guys to tell me everything. Uh, Brooklyn. Correct. Nailed it. Cat. No. My name is Lauren. I'm Lauren. Not, I'm not on the post. You're not on no. there. No. Uh, yeah, Lauren joined very last minute, but we we're also very grateful for, for her um, because we were like, oh my gosh, data manager, that's like the last thing we need in our puzzle. And then she showed up and we're like, yay. So Perfect. Hence why she's not there. And well, blended in perfectly. Listen. I, I th- thank you. That, I thought that's you a were lot all of pressure. three other, no, other t- two other people. See, I can't count, can't read. thought you were both people, you know? So... <laughs> That's a lot of pressure, though, I think, like coming into a, a group that's already gelled and then you're like, hey, it's me. Hope, hope I fit. <laughs> <laughs> and especially because like Lauren, well, most of us at Half Twin Theater have gone to school together because okay. we're all from Concordia. We either did the acting program or performance creation or design. Okay. But Lauren is at, currently at Concordia. Um, so obviously she blends right in. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. She knows the vibe. No, she definitely knows the vibe and she knows we work so well together. It's actually incredible. Um, which I love. Lauren, do you want to say anything? You yeah, thank you. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was just going to let you keep going. No, um, thank you for having me. Um, yeah, I am currently at Concordia, so we have a lot to relate about. Um, I also feel like I'm learning from them as well. Um, but yeah, I was just, I was politely recommended by a couple upper year students that know I stage manage, and I'm just happy to be here. Yeah. Nice. So, if everything goes wrong in circle. Wow, no, Sarah. Correct. That, that is no, 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 no pressure. No pressure. <laughs> Things will not go wrong. Exactly. <laughs> Nothing will go wrong. That's what I want to hear. <laughs> Nothing's going wrong. Uh, so, yeah, so, so, what am I going to see? <laughs> Sarah's like cutting into What am I going to see? Well, obviously. Because, like, I'm in. Because, hey, bitch, love you. Hey, bitch, love you. All right, hold on. Hey, bitch, love you. There you go. Huh? <laughs> like, you, that is genuinely how you refer to about half your friends on the phone and you and me also <laughs> that's al- also also accurate uh so what yeah so go what what what's it about what are we what are we gonna go see when we go see hey bitch i lo- hey bitch i was gonna say hey bitch i love you but hey bitch comma love, love, you. You. love you it's colloquial that's why we took out the i yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh so hey bitch love you is about two best friends mm-hmm. erica and penny uh they've been friends forever and Erica's getting married, and she is a little bit scared, has some cold feet. Uh, Penny is in the wedding party. She's a bridesmaid. 
However, she thought she would be the maid of honor. Oh. I was going to say, ooh, not maid ooh. of honor, and she's in the show. Yep. Are you, are you, do you guys play Erica and Penny? or is Yes, so um, I'm playing Penny, and okay. Tiernan is playing Erica. Okay. Uh, and in addition to that spicy, spicy situation, <laughs> um, we wanted to challenge ourselves but also have a lot of fun. Um, so we decided to play with a time loop situation okay. in the show. Oh. Time loop, so hot right now. Yeah, Russian I, doll. Yeah, they're <laughs> kind of all over the place. And some of my like some of my favorite things that I've ever seen have had like time loop or like things when it comes to time and what you do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we wanted to play with that to really show how uh, it's important to preserve and um, like preserve and nurture your friendships and how they can succeed, but also how, c- how they can fail. Is there any like has this is this scenario based on obviously not the time loop part but <laughs> <laughs> have you ever been in a time loop guys no um has tell this me about is your time yeah, in that time is this scenario you know? like as as this has anyone drawn from like personal experience has anyone been a bridesmaid that is expected to be a maid of honor <laughs> i mean i've been in a, i've been to a couple of weddings okay. but i think it's essentially that idea of wanting to say something that or, or read take something that you wanted to say in regards to like a friendship or regards to like a relationship that you've had yeah Yeah. so that's essentially what the time loop mechanism is kind of representing here is more or less in regards to like friendship things that you thought you were doing right but then in regard to knowing this person one thing goes wrong and then all of the chips fall away and in regard to a wedding you don't really have that many time constraints yeah so there's yeah. kind of that well, yeah no i was gonna say like there's we, a lot going on <laughs> there's a lot going on <laughs> no but it, it's funny like, we got married seven years ago and <laughs> thank, you. thank you uh and but it, it's true though that like a lot of my like very good friends are, are like like i have i have it's such a whirlwind of a day and like my very good friends would come up to me and be like i have these five minutes and like i think today is the day where i need to like tell you like everything you meant to me and, and I'm, like, I'm like you know i'm like you know you could tell me tomorrow like, like we've been friends up to this point and we will be friends tomorrow yeah, like, like i'm not gonna remember this yeah exactly that's it like i need to pull you aside on your wedding day and it wasn't like dropping bombs or anything but it was just like oh like today is the day where you're supposed to tell people life-shattering information and how much you mean to them there like, might be a little bit of that in the play I was like, have you seen it already <laughs> no just i've just got married that's no. the, it's but the, yeah like there's i think there's like a weight on people to be like oh this is an important day and i need to like and i'm a part of it and i'm a part of it so i like have to have to like we told everybody you don't need to do speeches mm-hmm. we were like no and like and yet still my friends like were like but i have one prepared and i'm like <laughs> i'm like okay like this is no pressure but like it's weird that there's that gravitas that people bring to it and like we were just like we just want to have a party like this yeah. Is, yeah. you guys are bringing more to it than we are <laughs> like, that's what you were thinking a lot about like uh uh, a lot of people come like from your past and your present all mm-hmm. kind of come together for a wedding yeah. also yeah. so there's a lot of that in the show of someone you've been friends with since childhood that maybe you're not as close with now because you've grown up you're doing different things in your life and life happens. yeah life happens and it's kind of the question of okay so can we still be friends are we too different now will we always mm-hmm. be friends because we've been friends since we were five Mm-hmm. Like all those questions that kind of come up in your mid late twenties yeah. uh, at weddings. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I haven't gotten married yet, but it's also that thing. <laughs> Me neither. Do you guys want to leave uh, your profiles? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll make myself available. <laughs> 
<laughs> it was, it was so this play is just so that you guys can <laughs> no, get married? No, 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 no. <laughs> what? Okay. We have a wedding dress. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> the, oh, twist. The end is a wedding. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> maybe a, real, a real fringe wedding happens. <laughs> if, no, that's not how this show Yeah. I'll officiate if you guys need one. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> But I think it was also I'm not official. <laughs> not ordained. No, not ordained. You have to make yourself official for us. Yeah, work on it. I'll do you it can get it on the internet. Yeah, you I'll just do file it in the paperwork. I'll just like pretend I did the test, you know. <laughs> but I think that was something that we wanted to play for in regards to like the genre of the wedding and the romantic comedy is that mm. thing of like I don't know, on the bride and groom's half, I think you guys mentioned that you guys just wanted to throw a party, mm -hmm. but it's also that thing of like you guys are throwing this large party to symbolize what? Like, yeah. something that's important to you guys. Yeah, for sure. And, that, and that's, I think, yeah. That, I mean, like, we'd say, like, oh, we just want to throw a big party. But we were, like, you're just kind of, like, who's going to come to a, like, hey, we love each other a bunch party? <laughs> you know? <laughs> like... <laughs> Exactly, yeah. that's it. But you're just sort of like, oh, it's a wedding, and then everybody's gonna come. Like, if we just invited to like late April love party, people would be like, no, I'm busy that weekend, <laughs> you know. But you're like, no, on a. Yeah. If it's a wedding, people are gonna come out. Don't worry. Um, love party, not so much. Yeah. Okay, so I, I want to ask about like the the time loop thing. Are you are the characters? Trapped. I obviously don't want to like spoil it, but are you like are they kind of like trapped in a time loop and is getting out of it part of their journey? So in this, in this, I mean, this draft technically, since we've been working on this since January, okay, um, they are not aware of this time loop. It is not something that they're trying to get out of. Okay, it's more of a way to, for an, the audience to see how their this friendship could have gone in what directions. Like. Okay. Oh, okay, cool. Mm -hmm. I get it. It's so really yeah, because like I was gonna say, like most of like the time <laughs> loop movies, there's usually like one person that knows and nobody knows. Yeah. And this one, nobody knows. And we were definitely interested in going that route for sure because we also find that so funny mm -hmm. um but also we were aware that we had we also had our own time constraint of writing a show and making sure to put it up in time uh, and as we were working on it and talking about it together as a team we were like uh that's a great idea maybe in the future if we want to go in that direction we'll have more time to do that but in this situation let's play with having two characters that you know aren't aware of this going on and it's more yeah. just to show something else um and also like the reason why we put up this show too is just we kind of did it for shits and gigs, to be honest, because, we <laughs> <laughs> because not just for shits and gigs, but like, Tiernan's looking at me like, oh. I'm a serious artist. <laughs> <laughs> um, because this is so funny, because like back in the fall, Tiernan and I, we were hanging out and we were in the same year at Concordia. Uh, and in this program, you get to be in at least one or two plays a year. And in our four years of school, we were never in a show together, which I think is a crime. So <laughs> until now, until now, you're like, we, so we took matters into our own. We hands. really <laughs> did. We applied to Fringe. We were like, let's see what happens. We got in. We were like, okay, so we got to do it. And then first, like writing meeting that we had was amazing because we also ended up just talking about the things like, okay, well, what do we want to see on stage right now, mm. or what's something that we haven't seen on stages, especially in Montreal, in the past like five years. Mm -hmm. mm. One of them was about weddings because we were like well I'm at the age where I thought I'd be married and I'm not which is funny um, and we're also kind of in peak wedding season or at least the start of it yeah. oh absolutely like, yeah. smack dab in the middle of June it's hot 
venues need AC. You need to travel everywhere. Um, we were like, well, let's write about that. But we also wanted to write about friends, especially friendships between women, because I mm. haven't seen that in a while, and I wanted to find a way to celebrate it. Yeah. Nice. It, I mean, it's not out there that much mm. in general. <laughs> like, it's just, yeah, yeah <laughs> like the the whole like like women friendship is not a thing in film and theater and whatever so like yeah and like we wanted to like chat like we wanted to challenge ourselves with like this time loop mechanic and seeing how like what we could do with the amount of time that we had to write this show mm -hmm. but we also wanted to s put something on stage that we would like to go see ourselves right um I think it's always the goal. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. You're, you're like, I, mean, you're like, I, I would want to see the show that I was in. Yeah, that would be. If that you don't, you're like, great. hang on. <laughs> no, that's, that's like the extra challenge is if you don't want to see the show that you're doing, but you like want to make it so that you I don't do know. I feel that would be that's like a, I think an exercise of self-loathing. No, yeah, for sure. <laughs> if you're putting on a show that it you wouldn't want to see, fun. <laughs> I, that I would. But this sounds more fun. So that's awesome that you guys get to finally like do something that you haven't been able to your yeah. So you I was gonna say, like, so did the the, like, did either of you have like an area of the story when you sat down at that writers' meeting, or was like everything on the table? You're like, I'm looking at a blank page, saying, "What is this? Like, we're in, we have a friend show. What is it? Question <laughs> mark. <laughs> um, or or did you like? Th is this like inklings of like short stories or ideas or thoughts that you had? It's so many things. Okay. <laughs> so Literally. many things. Um, something, which Sharon and I have been friends for a very long time, but one of the things we discovered in this writing sessions is that we are very similar in the way that we write, is that we don't write chronologically whatsoever. We like to write, take things from our lives and then write about them and then see if we can incorporate them into stories. Uh, we love to edit a lot too, um, but doing it at random times of the night, like the amount of times I got a little email at 11.30 p.m. being like, Tinan edited the draft. I was like, <laughs> yes, you do it, girl. And then me at 7 a.m. doing the same thing. Um, but, it, yeah, it's a mishmash of a lot of things and a lot of personal, about personal experiences, um, but also experiences that some of our own friends have had or, like, conversations that some of our friends had. It's really been a, a big mishmash. Yeah. yeah, I think I'd agree with that. And then I'd also say, like, I think something that we initially had the seed of in regard to not only the time loop and the wedding romantic comedy genre as a whole, but it was also that idea of where um, platonic love can fit within mm -hmm. that and how in regards to like friendship, that's just as important and just as necessary as romantic love. Mm -hmm. But that's not necessarily celebrated in like as something as big as a wedding. Mm -hmm. But we wanted to celebrate that in a way that is just as big and just as beautiful as a wedding could be. You'd have um, like friend weddings. I was like, gonna yeah. say, I was like, <laughs> oh man, that would be amazing if you're just like, I take you and all of you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just, just turned just, around just, to just your just your bridal party. Just friendship, yeah. friendship party, Friend, friendship weddings. Friendship weddings. Um, but even then there's like so many complications in regard to like how our plot and show goes in regard to this friendship between Erica and Penny. Mm -hmm. In regard to them earning that big celebration that they deserve, there's a lot of things that they have to iron out between their friendship along the way for them to actually regard and be cathartic in that love that they have for each yeah. other. That's I think awesome. something it speaks to as well is um, with the idea of like weddings in general, is the expectations you put on um, a day or a friendship or a person. Um, and I really like that you're not aware of the time loop because you get to see you two play out um, 
things that you wish you could say or that you might not say every time. Um, and yeah, I think it's just very interesting to play with what we expect from, from how, our friends. I wanted to ask Brooklyn how you approached, I guess, directing a time loop, right? Because I mean, I'm saying like you're going to be going through a lot of the actions repeating, I'm assuming, like a lot of your setups and stuff are going to be similar until they veer apart. So how did that, how did you approach that challenge? It's, or was it's, it not a challenge? It came so easy. It's definitely <laughs> a challenge because it's kind of like, it's like honestly there's about 12 to or twelve to 15 uh, kind of like sets of repeats in the show. Like okay. the same scene will repeat itself three times pretty much. Um, and it is literally like directing 12 different shows mm-hmm. at the same time and trying to keep all the threads together. Mm-hmm. Uh, like we even, we did a draft of the, of the uh, script where we put all of the pieces that are actually real all together just to see kind of what the whole story was. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was magical to go through that and super needed because it really is like we're weaving such an intricate story with so many threads that uh, it's, the process has been like slower because of that. We can't mm-hmm. kind of zip through a lot of stuff. Uh, but it's been such a fun challenge to have to like juggle so many things at once in each scene. I would not remember any of the lines. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, which what, which loop am I in? Yeah. <laughs> Where am I? And like that's why I'm so grateful for Tiernan. Oh. <laughs> Don't Aww. look at me. Friendship, friendship wedding. Friendship, yeah. <laughs> friendship wedding. It's happening right now. I was gonna say friendship love, but yeah. Because <laughs> like like last year at fr- I was at Fringe Montreal last year and I did a solo show, which was its own beast of mm-hmm. theater. Um, but now doing a show with twice the amount of people on stage. Uh, <laughs> it's so nice to have someone that I can trust so easily and also rely on. And like, um, Tierna and I are very similar, but we also have so many beautiful differences where like we notice things that we can try um, that the other person didn't notice, which is so amazing because um, it, it allows us to expand our minds a bit because we can get so stuck in the, like, okay, let's rehearse. Let's try this again. Let's go back to this one moment. Let's overthink it. Um, I feel like, I mean, I do that all the time, but I feel like working together and working with the team, we're able to pull ourselves out of that and not to get too lost in the details and make sure that we're still having a good time. Awesome. Yeah. Right. Uh, so we're coming towards the end of our little 20-minute interview. So uh, usually we close these off with, like, a uh, fringe park pitch, right? So if we're just, like, Sarah and I are just having a beer and you have our attention for, like, 30 seconds, how do you get us into the theater to go see the band hey, bitch, is gonna play. love you music's about to start yeah so it's like it's it's on a and, and you and you listen, said it listen. wrong you said it wrong uh, it's bitch hey bitch love hey, you hey bitch love you I, I think you I said, said, said that. no you said hey bitch love you, hey, bitch, love you. <laughs> maybe you put your heart in maybe it. that's my love tone uh <laughs> but yeah so it's, it's, so yeah. it's okay like my i mean listen you, it's, it's good practice so like we're so how, how do you what, what's the 30 second who wants pitch? to do it who wants to do it uh, i'll try i'll try do okay. you love your friends oh do you also get a little bit annoyed by your friends sometimes similar to a Katy perry song that's on the radio a little bit too much <laughs> but also you can't help but sing along <laughs> that is something encapsulated with our wonderful show oh. come have a good time come have a fun time but also feel a nice form feeling in your heart by the end of it with two beautiful talented ladies on stage and two wonderful talented ladies helping us i like it i like it hey bitch (laughs) love you 
and uh, which venue is it in? Is the other, we, I guess, the important yeah. part? Yeah. <laughs> you're like, you're like sold. You just walk away. You're like, damn. <laughs> we are at Studio Jean Valcourt. Um, this is the first time we'll be performing in this studio, and it's a very nice place. I was it gonna say this was a nice one. I it like is air conditioned. One. Yeah. No, and the seating is great. Yeah, it's wonderful. I, I saw a show there last year. It was awesome. Um, I love black boxes. I love performing in black boxes, so that'll be great. Also, um, just a fun fact about tickets, if you bring someone who was or currently is in your, in your bridal party or in your wedding party, you get a discount on your ticket. Oh, man, Ooh. don't tell that to us. We had the <laughs> biggest bridal party. <laughs> <laughs> we were yeah. 12? I don't know. You had like 900 people <laughs> on your side? I love it. I, I so just, just a, as, a, as a final moment, because you mentioned that that like, oh, like a bridesmaid who thinks she's going to be a maid of honor. I genuinely was like, could not pick a uh, best man. I was just like, I only had groomsmen. I was like, I'm not, I'm not picking favorites. Sorry, guys. And you had like your that other does, friend. That does not exist. Sign the papers. Yeah. He wasn't even in the bridal party. Yeah, just to like not have everyone. Well, because he was from out of town yeah. and he wasn't sure if he was going to be able to come. So then he, when he could come, I was like, crap, we need to get you into the ceremony somehow. I'm like, make so. them fight for it. but. It, it, yeah, they were like, oh, I should have been the groom. That's why they were like, you know, really like pumping him up. He w- they were like, give me the title. <laughs> give me the title. No, no one got it. I love that. Um, All right, guys. So show is starting June 9th. Mm-hmm. June 9th. So I've got the dates in front 10th. of me. 10th. I have the 12th. I don't have 11 on here. Not 11. Not 11. <laughs> Yeah, so and Friday, Saturday, si- then Friday, Monday, 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 Friday, Saturday, Friday, Saturday, then Sunday. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We've got a nice little That's spread. That's actually great that it's all on the weekend. Yeah. Good I pull, love it. Guys. My Good mom's pull. seeing it twice. She already told me. And she's going to come up every... She's from Ottawa, so oh, she's gonna okay. come up every month, every weekend to come to Montreal and see us. And she's gonna, she's actually bringing her maid of honor to see one of the shows. That's Adorable. amazing. <laughs> All right, thanks so much, guys. Thank we'll see you. you. Yeah. Uh, Sarah. Yeah. It's still fringe. Fringe is still happening. Can you believe it? I mean, it's in it like a month or two weeks of stuff i hope so yeah i know but <laughs> i'm just saying that i hope we've, so. we've had the virtual fringe and then we had the like hard pandemic fringe and we've had like now it's like a full thing it's a full thing it was are it you was fringing me i'm f- are you fringing me sorry um <laughs> so we're no doing choice. our series of <laughs> of uh podcast mini fringe episodes keeping it going here in mainline theater and we are with the uh, like full creative force behind the show. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Is it my turn to talk? Yeah. Anytime. <laughs> Jump anytime. in okay. anytime. We're, we're, we're unbelievable. The, there's <laughs> no we're turns. very, very okay, uh, cool. yeah, nonchalant here. Jump in at any time. Perfect. Um, I don't know. I don't know. We Valerie. Valerie's last name, Sarah? Boisvert. Boisvert. Thank Boisvert. you. That's not bad. Boisvert. You just don't pronounce the T at the end, but that's Boisvert. a good job. Boisvert. 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 I've heard Boisvert, so it's already Boisvert? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. The United Boisvert. States don't have any of the sounds that I have in my name. Boisvert. Boisvert. Yeah, one of my Boisvert. mom's friends, uh, her last name was Dupuis, okay. and, uh, but was like American-born, like multiple generations American, mm-hmm. and literally until she, my, my mom's French-Canadian, her last name's Bray, like 
until she met my mom in high school, she thought her last name was like Depuis. Oh my god! <laughs> like, like, like she like grew oh up. She grew up thinking her last name was Depuis. Depuis. Wow. And then she like my mom was like, "No, girl, like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like your last name is Depuis." She's like, "That's so much nicer. Like, that's such a, such oh a nicer god. name than Depuis." Like I was like, you went through your whole life not knowing that there's a much nicer pronunciation of your name. Yes. So yeah, Boisvert. <laughs> so not Boisvert. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Boivar. Valerie Boivar, uh representing who? Me? Yeah, I feel like it would be like, who, me? There's a comma. There's a pause. Oh, yeah. Who? Me? Yeah, that's not bad. Huh? That's not bad. So how, do, how, how, do you, how, how do you, do you pronounce, pronounce it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much who, me? Oh, oh that's good. See? That's good. Got it. <laughs> I uh, got the vibe. I got the vibe. Yeah, you did. You did. And so tell us about the show. So like I said, it's a, uh, I mean, that's what we said. You're the creative dynamo. Yeah. All, I, I, this is all your that vision. That is all me. Start yeah. to finish. So, so Pretty much, yes. So what it was. So Who Me was first conceived at uh, the YCU. So it's a young creators unit program that I followed at Playwrights Workshop Montreal. Okay. So the reason I joined this was because last year I did a fringe show as well. Mm -hmm. um, it was called Down the Rabbit Hole under my company name, which I founded last year, The Loose Cannons. And it was, I was graduating from Dawson. I was moving in with my now fiance. It was like this hectic kind of like life that w I was having. Plus I was doing this friend show for the first time. <laughs> and it was just, I did not feel like I had any say in my artistic process. I, com I wrote a show. It did pretty good for a first show. But I was like, okay, I came out of it and I was like, dead burnt out didn't want to do anything with it afterwards and i was like no now next year i'm doing another show and this time around i'm finding out my artistic process i'm finding out wh who i am as an artist as a creator as a person so i was like and now i, I was reached i somebody reached out to me the the founder of the program not the founder but like the person who took on this program reached yeah. out to me and was like hey do you want to join this uh, it's a three question thing got got in and our first meeting she was like so what are your artistic pillars and I was like, hmm, so pardon. Like, what, yeah, what yeah, does yeah, that yeah. mean? <laughs> and I it's would be like, like uh, <laughs> this table. Yeah, literally, <laughs> you like, know, what? Like. You know, that's why I'm here to figure it out. I don't know it yet. Yeah. And she was like, well, what do you, what do you care about? And I was like, honestly, nothing. <laughs> I don't care about anything. I don't feel passionate towards much i don't feel like there's nothing Sarah's i was like it. did i just find my soulmate <laughs> <laughs> sorry keith <Damn> <laughs> yeah literally sometimes i just find that i just don't care i have like this this niece who's like super passionate about everything that goes on and i'm like i i, I don't even have the time to google that or to <laughs> listen yeah. to the news i feel like it's you know and i just so and then she was like interesting so you don't feel passionate towards anything okay so what what did you do i was like well i used to write as a teenager i used to write fan fictions and i'd write these a thousand word novels kind of <laughs> thing all my life yeah and she was like wow okay so a quest for a personality through fan fiction i was like well shut up i have a play <laughs> you know so that was really how it came about that was in october 
So it was like, it's, it's been a while that it's been sort of brewing at the back of my mind. I knew I wanted to do a one-person one, one show, yeah. I think, for a while, just because of the self-sufficiency. I don't, mm -hmm. I'm like a very independent person. And I was like, I don't... You don't want to deal with I don't, any of I don't want to deal with any people this year. And mm -hmm. I, d I have a fantastic team around me now. But <laughs> like, it, at first, it was something I just wanted to do by myself. Yeah, I think it is. If you're doing the one-person show, you can form the entire show before you get to like a dramaturge or exactly. anything. Like you have to be like, I have a show. Now we're fine tuning it with people around. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I want to ask about like, so fanfic. Yeah. If we're like, as I understand it, I've, I've, it's a, it's like a sub fandom usually of something mm -hmm. like, and the typical internet fanfic world is taking existing characters yeah. and then you're just sort of like, I'm going to write my own fiction about right. them. Yes. So is that, that you were on board. Yeah, we're, we're on board. Uh, but y so what were the, y when you were writing your fanfic, what, yeah. were, what, what were your, the IPs that you like <laughs> wrote about? What were your, what was your, as teenage yeah. person, <laughs> what what were you writing? Uh, Harry Styles. Harry Styles. Uh, Harry yeah. Styles I was gonna fanfic. say, yeah. so who is your muse? <laughs> who is the man? Yeah. <laughs> Who's the muse? Literally, <laughs> Harry Styles was the man in all my fan fictions. Wow. He was the Amazing. love interest. <laughs> uh, it started out with Tom Felton because. Um, I had a humongous Harry Potter obsession. Okay. So I have a whole uh, series of Harry Potter fan fictions as well, which will be dealt in the <laughs> show, <laughs> of course. Keith will buy but them from you. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. <laughs> so yeah, no, that's that's Harry Potter and Harry Styles. Both Harrys are all the Harrys. My, all the Harrys were were nice. my muses. And that was, and I've al I've always like, uh, like wondered. And so I got, I mean, you're na you're now an expert on this. <laughs> So you get you get these questions asked, like, cause I was like I used to write a lot when I was in high school and stuff, and I was never pulled into another universe. Like I never had that mm -hmm. that itch. I was like, I want to make my own story, my own original yeah. characters, whatever. So what was it that like about existing characters or actors or yeah. musicians or whatever that like pulled you to be like, I'm going to write about Harry Styles, not mm -hmm. a character that looks like Harry Styles, yeah. but like, not Harry Styles. No, what, what happened is that I wrote a fictional version of myself called Sephora, which was the main character for every single one okay. of these <laughs> stories. <laughs> and nice. she was transposed into all these different worlds, mm -hmm. uh, different careers, uh, because that's the thing. I was trying to find myself through these stories mm -hmm. subconsciously. Yeah. So that's how... It's, it wasn't so much Harry Styles as having a love interest of some kind, yeah. as finding her her romance through in these worlds. Yeah. So she'd become it was just her soulmate happened to be Harry Styles. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he had like at some point an alter ego called Matthew Garcia, I think. <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> literally, but yeah, it's just it was just the idea of what attached me to these worlds was like. At one point, I was like, I was very attached to the artistic world, and I wanted to become an actor and she was my OG Sephora of Santa Monica who is a character in the play mm -hmm. she's the first one I wrote and um, but then I had parents who wanted to take me back towards the scientific or more stability route and so I decided to become interested in okay anesthesiology that that sounds interesting <laughs> I think I would be a good anesthesiologist why not <laughs> so I would write um, a, um I'd start a fan fiction where we were in a hospital and there's uh, without any research prior where there's a patient <laughs> called Harry Styles and there's me as an anesthesiologist <laughs> and I we just have a story and the thing is with these stories because of how you know they sound how rom how romanticized they are and yeah. how I make him 
I never finished one of them. And there are 50. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Never finished I one. I think that's common, though. Like, yeah. I feel that, like, like never-ending fanfic is kind of almost like a trope on the internet. Yeah. If you're just sort I of like, so. oh, they never, they never end. They just keep yeah. living this fantasy. Yeah, literally. So, um... Sarah's. Yeah, <laughs> I just, I lost myself. Sarah's got a lot to unpack. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, okay. So, maybe it's because you never finished it because you didn't like any of those careers, That's you know? like There's a little of that. I think it's, yeah. It's I, I was just so like, man, that, like, sounds really good way to, like, hmm, well, do I see myself in this scenario? <laughs> literally. <laughs> Let me write about it. That's literally and what I like, did. Nah. <laughs> I'm no. done. Move on. And so I'd move on, and it just never came up to anything. And that's really that's sort of my what I'm trying to unpack in the in the play. It's like, is it because I never found myself? Yeah. And yeah. Super um, cool. So yeah. So that's like the I guess the inspiration. So where does the sh how does the show come together? I guess. So you're like I have mm -hmm. your your Sephora. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm actually myself going back to my childhood bedroom. Okay. Okay. Yeah, the idea is like my parents are moving out. I have, and then I stumble on this notebook while cleaning the room out. The notebook where I used to write all the fan fiction. This is all by hand? Is this like in real life? not in real life. Okay. But in this play, yeah. Because I was like, in the yeah. play, for purposes of the play, because in my head I was just sort of like, whoa, that's insane. No, yeah, if you were no. writing by hand. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and like I told you, it's a thousand pages, and it's like, it's going to be the tiniest notebook. Like, it's really yeah, yeah. ironic. But like, I <laughs> fall on this, this notebook, and when I open it, it comes alive. Mm -hmm. And when it comes alive, it brings alive all the characters. And the characters are mad, because I didn't finish their stories and oh, I no. did I gave them like perfectionist tendencies because that's what I'm also trying to unpack in here the fact that I didn't finish their stories was perhaps because I never could find the perfect ending to them mm -hmm. so yeah. that was they're all mad I didn't finish their stories I gave them really chaotic worlds to live in <laughs> and so yeah and that's the one by one they come out I have three that come out and uh, by the end they try to well I'm not going to spoil anything no. but, but yeah but that's the idea it comes to it all comes to a head it all comes to yeah, yeah literally and yeah. the real Harry Styles is in your show no Damn. No. <laughs> uh, you should have just said yes. We're trying to sell tickets. We're trying to sell tickets. Right, I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right. I should have mentioned Harry Styles. Yeah, Harry, Harry Styles, Styles may or may not show up. I mean, you know. He's in yeah. the play, but he <laughs> might not be able to make it because of visa issues. Literally. Oh. Uh, right. There you go. Mm -hmm. uh, so I guess like, my next question <laughs> is, is, was this process... Did this process help you find your creative pillars and stuff, like writing this play? Like I think so. So, I think you, so. Fa you found a passion? I think, yes. I, I definitely found that I liked to, because I, I was at McGill before becoming a, an, a theater graduate. I was at McGill doing a bachelor in psychology. Not anesthesiology. <laughs> not in anesthesiology. <laughs> 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 did not get the grades. But psychology for a year. And I was just, I realized I like to bring that. I like to think, uh, I like to go get back to how the human mind works and how humanity works and relationships between people and relationships between a person and their own self and I think even if I take my play from last year which was not so much dramaturged and stuff mm -hmm. like this year it's still things I brought up in that play it's a lot of, of of psychology I really like to bring like to make people think about life and about human yeah cool. human nature yeah um, so the other thing I wanted to I guess what was the word I don't necessarily know unpack is right the right word. Uh, but like how, like did you reread 
all thousand pages? Like while you were while you were building out your mm-hmm. own play, were you going back and like reading all that fanfic, or were you just like, I remember some of it? No, like, I was. Yeah, there was a lot of it uh, that I remembered. I knew I wanted to bring about like a couple of the most interesting characters, so mm-hmm. I went to reread those stories. Okay. Yeah, and it's like I I would go find the beginning of them the end of them, see how I could mesh that up into play. Some of them I changed a little, just mm-hmm. fond a little bit. Mm-hmm. The others yeah. I kept as is. And yeah, I just worked around that. But yes, definitely, it was like my, my research That's for the, <laughs> yeah. Was there anything with like, I mean, like what's, I always find like it, it's hard to go back and like read stuff that you wrote, especially when you were like younger. Like mm-hmm. well, how, how was that? process where you're like oh my god i can't believe yeah any of this or 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 exactly like how much (laughs) of it was cringe how much of it was like oh this isn't bad like how did that like play out a lot of it i've been rereading in the years like sometimes like it's not i haven't not touched them since like 15 like i've been rereading them regularly as my nighttime stories kind of thing okay okay that's amazing yeah not because i think it's brilliant (laughs) 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 no but it's just sometimes i like i have an itch i'm I'm like oh i'm feeling i'm a very nostalgic person so i'm sometimes oh I really want to go back and reread that I feel anesthesiology today like I want to go back (laughs) and reread that story yeah and so I've been throughout the year so I think no the first time definitely I've started reading ever writing them when I was in grade nine so yeah the the progress that was done was really like a phenomenal like (laughs) wow but like it's more like (laughs) accepting the yeah that was written at a another decade ago you know so it's like yeah so maybe your passion is you <laughs> maybe, which makes me sound quite uh, <laughs> egotistical, but there's no, it's for sure self-discovery no, I, in this world. <laughs> I think it's good. Like, you can go back, you're like, no, I want to read that. that. That's comforting. Yeah. Meanwhile, I would be like, burn everything. Yeah. <laughs> I never want to see that ever again. Yeah, but burn I don't it. want people to read it. Like, I'm, it's in a f- hidden folder in my computer. <laughs> like, it's for me and for me only. But we're still in our mind that it's an actual physical still a notebook. notebook. It's a notebook. And you wrote it all yeah. by hand. That's Literally. that's our fan fiction of you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what I just well, what is the most I think like outlandish job that you put Sephora in? Like even if yeah. it doesn't even if it doesn't come up in Who Me, yeah. I'm just wondering from the uh, yeah. like from you the fanfic perspective. What you said? It's Who, who? Me? me? Nice. There we go. Um, Diamond Smuggler Sephora. Diamond Smuggler <laughs> <Yeah>. Sephora. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, who came about after watching Blood Diamond. And I was like, that is such a cute love story. I want to write my own. Well, it wasn't the cute. It wasn't cute. And that wasn't the purpose. But Valerie of like 2014, 2015, Desperate for Love was like, okay, let's let's do that. So it was Diamond Smuggler Sephora, who does get mentioned a couple times in the nice. story. Absolutely. And then that's the most outlandish. You didn't go astronaut? Say, no, no astronaut because I didn't have the height requirement. I am oh. 14 to 11 and a half inches. So I, I uh, gave that up pretty quick. So it had to be grounded in reality. Like yeah, I could be yeah. a diamond smuggler. I couldn't be an astronaut. Literally. No, no, no. It had to. I had to have a little fond vérité. Uh, yeah. You got anything? No. You're just, just laughing? Like <laughs> I was like, you like, 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 look I, I love like, it. I'm like. So I was just smiling ear to ear. Just imagine yeah. diamond smuggling. <laughs> You're basically Catwoman. Sometimes. That's good. That's good. Um... So yeah, is there anything you want to tell us about like that we're we're coming coming towards the end? Is there anything about your process, the writing, the show, anything that we're missing that you wanna you wanna address? Um Yeah, well maybe I wanna address maybe for whom I wrote this, which was oh. not necessarily everybody's gonna say for everybody. It is for everybody, but um it had goals. I had goals with this play of bringing it after the fringe to like 
maybe teenagers because okay. I feel like we don't hit up the issues that I discuss enough. Had I had a play when I was a teen about like just the imposter syndrome, oh not feeling yeah. adequate. <laughs> like I have people around me who feel like so opinionated and I have their opinions catapult everywhere. And I'm just like, how do I build an opinion? What is an opinion? How, like, how do I know where to not Google this? But like, I'm, uh, like, how do I know, how do I have the courage to say it out loud as well? Mm -hmm. yeah. And I think, and, is everybody feeling like me, or am I the only person who is, uh, has that internal dialogue? So, so your plays for teenagers and 35-year-olds. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, and people coming out of school, and like, I think it's, it's for everybody, but I think like in an ideal, like I'd love to develop it for younger audiences mm. at some point. Right yeah. now, it's for everybody. <laughs> Everybody's really cool. invited. Yeah. But, you know, I think it's, it's and funny. And also, there's not a lot for like teenagers, if you think about it. There's like a lot of plays that are basically, you can't, it's either like, for very young youth or mm. it's like completely inappropriate right so yeah. finding like that balance is cool i think that and you know ya's are great ya ya young adults young adults yeah. but yeah that's i mean i was gonna say also but like i think that that what you're tapping into especially with like the fanfic stuff and, and i guess through the play and whatever is that i think that every teenager goes through that right is you're just sort of like oh i have this like little stretch of life between age like 15 to 20 mm -hmm. Where, like, I don't know anything, but somehow I'm also supposed to, like, plan my the career. rest of my life and my career. And, yeah. like, this is, a, I'm going to pick pick what I'm studying, pick what I'm going to go into, pick yeah. where I'm, like, it's it's a it's a wild time yeah. to, like, map out your entire life and why you're putting all of that weight on a 15-year-old. <laughs> you know, like, like, you're, like that's know. not, like, we do it to everybody. And so I think that, that you inevitably are going to mm -hmm. be like, oh, I'm making the bad decision or mm -hmm. I, I'm not going to fulfill my dreams. And, and you tell every kid, like, dream big. And you're like, yeah, but, like, not too big. You know, <laughs> you know like, uh, yeah, like, like yeah. that, that, that's yeah. how we, like, raise kids. Like, you can be anything, but also be reasonable, you yeah. know? Like, Life is full of contradictions. Yeah. And I yeah. think that's what I, I, I address. It's, like, it's, it's, hor it's boring sometimes, and it's hectic at other times. And it's, like, you know, we're all just out here, like, pretending everything's okay all the time. <laughs> but inside, we're having this inner <laughs> struggle that's not being, like, spoken. And yeah. I'm tired of that, so. Awesome. Yeah. I'm in. 30, 30 second <laughs> beer tent pitch. You've, you've, you've been listening to all of them, so you, you, you've, you've had the preparation to know this, uh, this question was coming. Yeah, I so, did. Yeah. <laughs> so you had a little bit more time. Yeah, that's it. So, yeah, so 30, 30 second pitch for who? Me? Who? Me? Yeah. Okay, so who me is for people who feel days lost and confused, and if that's not you, then you're lying. I think <laughs> we all have our moments where we just need to feel a little understood. We have to romanticize life a little, and this play is just to let that go for a bit. Just get entertained, realize, feel connected, get, get entertained by a talking notebook and characters who punch their authors. And <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of cool music and little... Um, I rewrote a nice little lyrics to Thank You Next, which was at the French for All. So it's a lot of nice work, a lot of new direction, a lot of very creative people working on this project from different angles, from a, a math teacher kind of perspective, from a new uh, theater graduate, and from very experienced people and dramaturgs. So there's a lot of collaboration to bring about this play that's relatable, funny, comedic, and like, like I said, like just to make you feel a little more at home in yourself. Awesome. I'm excited. I'm excited. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. <laughs> so <laughs> when where yeah, venue and oh, opening Mainline night. Mainline Theater opens June 9th 
And uh, then June 9, June 10, June 12, June 15, June, I believe, 16 and 18. Yeah. Right? Well, you're yeah. good. You're Nailed good. You got it. it. I got it. it. I'm doing got it. promo. It shows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome. You're in. <laughs> Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good one. Hey there, loyal listener who listens to the show all the way past the closing credits. Um, thank you for listening to Go Plug Yourself. We really, really appreciate it. Uh, if you enjoy the show, I cannot stress this enough. Please tell people about it. We don't really have a budget for marketing or fancy Facebook ads or putting up billboards on the street. Uh, we really have to rely on word of mouth, which uh, basically means that if you listen to the show and you enjoy the show, Please uh, share it, link it, uh, tell your friends about it. Say, hey, there's this show called Go Plug Yourself. They talk to Montrealers or people that have stuff going on in Montreal or uh, just people that have stuff to uh, promote that we kind of care about. We can we can go outside of Montreal if we want to. Um, yeah, so just tell tell people about the show. It's a, it's a fun show. We, we like doing it a lot. We've done it for over 200 episodes, and it's in large part thanks to support from uh, people like you. Um, if you want to support the show, at all you can go to uh, patreon.com slash nine to five cc and uh, throw a couple bucks our way it really helps with uh, the hosting fees for the most part we're really not trying to make a profit on this um, and also if you want to be a guest on the show or you know someone who might uh, want to be a guest on the show you can uh, contact us either on facebook or on twitter there's a bunch of ways to find us uh, and uh, and let us know and if the scheduling and the timing and everything works out maybe you can be the next person who uh, comes on the show and uh, plugs something a uh, big thank you as always to Leland Beckman and Oral Turpitude who provided our theme songs and of course a thank you to uh, all of the hosts that we have on the show uh, Walter J. Ling who is technically retired but still sometimes hosts uh, Christopher Vendito, Lawrence Korber and uh, Ines Anaya uh, all, are all amazing co-hosts and you should support them and their comedy and uh, and all of that. Uh, thank you for listening thank you for choosing Go Plug Yourself uh, as one of your from the millions of podcasts and have a beautiful day Thank you. 905.cc. Podcasts, blogs, and comics. Made in Montreal since 2011.